3: Welcome. You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Today's show is going to be special because we have our guest in the studio. We've we, had we, him on
4: before. We do, and I'm wearing the uh, the hat where we both went to high school, Redwood High School, and uh, there goes my telephone, which I, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to turn, turn off right now. Off. Turn that thing Email, off! And it follows off. me around. My yeah. wife knows better than they call me during the middle of the show. <laughs> she's calling me. She Really? Yeah, no. but it's it's cool. I mean, she knows better. She just uh, she's one of those. Anyway, Steve Travers uh, played on the mythical national champ. And I say mythical Myth- because yeah. it never was actually. Well, he can tell you. They won the national championship of high school baseball
3: in 1977. And they're going to celebrate. We didn't
5: this. actually play. It was all done in cyberspace. There you go. Uh, oh, OK. That's but, right.
3: Because didn't it, it, like college, uh, the way they did it before they actually had a right. championship. This yeah. is in Larkspur,
4: California, just north of San Francisco, uh, 1977. So we're celebrating the 40-year anniversary. And tomorrow night is the big uh, dinner, and I've been honored to be asked to MC it, and Steve's going to be there with all his old teammates. But Steve also is going to tell us about his new book which has come out uh, about Candlestick Park and some great memories which you know both of us and you also yeah. grew up going to games watching the Giants and the
3: 49ers so it's going to be fun uh, I still have the wind chill factor from uh, oh, from Candlestick God that place was just a
4: oh, freezing I mean, it,
3: it gets so bad it yeah. used to get for those of you... What was the press box like up Oh there? it was Did, nice it, and cozy yeah. <laughs> Oh it didn't yeah. it didn't no. wind didn't get in there
4: No that the, the, the riders always made sure the windows were shut and it drove me crazy sometimes cuz on a nice day I'd like to have the windows open. No keep it shut I don't want to hear the sound of the crowd. It was too yeah, distracting. Uh, you know, the writers don't want to have the distracting sounds of the of the noise of the crowd. Good
3: thing they, they didn't do that on radio because well, that's I, you know, I was
4: a, radio good yeah, to radio but I wasn't a play by play announcer. I was just yeah, a reporter gotcha. and, a, yeah. and a talk show, so I didn't have to do anything other than watch the game. But I like to have the window open. These guys are all like, no, I, that's, I'm writing my story here. Don't bother me with that noise. I don't want to hear those fans.
3: <laughs> all right, Seriously, that I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not making like, a we'll joke
5: Bob yet. Stevens.
3: No, element. Bob wasn't that
4: way. Bob was okay. cool. But okay. that, so, yeah.
3: guys, at uh, each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. We're going to talk about the uh, NBA since uh, we're going to get into oh, cool. playoffs here. God. Soon. I'm
4: looking forward to going out
3: and
6: watching the Warriors.
3: All right. Yes. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back.
6: Pacificprivatemoney.com.
7: What do you do if your child can't hear or speak? Where do you go? Wine Garden Children's Center provides innovative and effective therapy and education services to children with hearing and communication challenges to show that these children can have a voice. Support our programs by attending Tea Off for Our Kids, our benefit golf tournament on Monday, April 17th, hosted at the exclusive Peninsula Golf and Country Club in San Mateo, with lunch, golf, and dinner
2: included. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost.
1: The Lodge at Tiburon is steps from the ferry docks and nestled among Tiburon's upscale boutiques, charming cafes, and unique galleries. Dine at the award-winning Tiburon Tavern, serving innovative dishes prepared with ingredients grown in our very own gardens. Starting from $199 a night, join us at the Lodge at Tiburon and create long-lasting memories. For reservations, call 1-877-614-6068. Join us at the Lodge at Tiburon or go to lodgeattiburon.com.
3: Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Before we introduce our guest, we do want to make a mention here that this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, still providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over 7.5% secured by... Uh, California real estate, mostly in the San Francisco Bay Area, doesn't get any more conservative than that. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. dot com. So, Bruce, would you like to reintroduce our guest?
4: Yes, yeah, Steve Travers a friend of mine, and Steve is I consider him still a kid because he's seven years younger than me. <laughs> but you. but yeah, he yeah. is uh, he and his friends are celebrating. His his former teammates are celebrating their forty year anniversary of this great high school baseball team It's from my alma mater, Redwood High School in Larkspur, and of course his alma mater. And Steve, also, before we get into that, I think we should talk about your book because it, it's about Candlestick Park, which has now been gone hard to believe for a few years. The 49ers finally left. Uh, some great memories there with the Niners, but I always think of it as the home of the Giants, as you yeah. did, you know, and yeah, as, Robert, just, as yeah, Edward does. I think yeah. everyone did. Yeah. So talk a little bit about uh, what made you uh, decide to write a book about Candlestick. I mean, uh, yeah. obviously it's a it's a big story, but I mean, it just... One day, boom! It looked like something that would be fun to. to uh well,
5: obviously, when when uh, when they started, when when the Forty ers left Candlestick, there was obviously a void, and there were a lot of articles in the paper, and, and a lot of people were writing in with their memories of Candlestick Park. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if, uh, it's probably uh, something of, of great interest because millions of people in the Bay Area have been there and have experiences mm-hmm. there. Some good, not some bad, but I think mostly good, and uh, so I wanted to capture the vibe of the place. I don't have any particular great love for the place, so I, I you know, I talked about some of its its faults. Which were many, but th- there <laughs> yeah. were – and yet, uh, as far as events con- are concerned, it saw some of the greatest sporting yeah. events of any uh, venue oh, yeah. in the history of American sports.
4: Yeah, you think about it, the 1962 World Series, the Earthquake World Series of 89, Dwight Clark's catch, yeah, uh, a couple of other NFC uh, championship games that led the Niners to the Super Bowl, the Beatles with their last American concert, 1966. I mean, the Pope, I I think, showed up there a couple times. Yes, he did.
5: In fact, I have an interesting um, little uh, commentary, if you will, or some quotes where John Lennon, who uh, played with the Beatles in 1966 and had said um, uh, that we are more popular than Jesus. (laughs) But... The statistics don't bear it out, <laughs> because yeah. when uh, he played, there were only
3: twenty five thousand people right.
5: at Candlestick That's to right. see him, and yet yeah. when the Pope was there, which was a mere
3: t- uh, twenty years later, they sold the place out sixty thousand wow. plus. Well, yeah. and it's funny because that that comment was just like a big controversy, and well, and, yeah. and and Lenin. Uh, this is a story I heard. You know, is that people misunderstood what he was trying to say. Yeah. It wasn't that he was trying to say that he was better than Jesus. It yeah. was just like, hey, listen, the young people apparently like us more than they like church. Yeah. It's kind of what they were really well, – really was was, It was
4: a phenomenon. I, mean, yeah. I remember as a kid going to school, 12 years old, and the Beatles were – suddenly – it was right after John F. Kennedy was assassinated. It was two months later. And the kids were going nuts. The girls were – going. yeah, the 12-, 13-year-old kids were just – and the 16-year-olds, man, they were really digging it. So <laughs> well,
5: it's, it's funny that era that um, – Bill Spaceman Lee yeah. was a friend of mine, and he went to Terra Linda. He graduated in '62, and he described um, Terra Linda High School this way. He said it was like Stephen King's The Stand in which the older kids were 50s greasers mm. and the younger kids were upcoming flower children of the 60s. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. That there was a, a real divide. rivalry and divide oh, yeah. between, I, I can imagine between it, the two, sure. the two yeah. groups as yeah. they were, you know, moving into night. Well, their, I their I
4: year. I cannot agree with you more because I remember 1966, 67, 68 we had my brother got unfortunately I'm going to mention this my brother got into the drugs along with a lot of other of his contemporaries. Some of my friends, a lot of a couple of friends of mine went off to Vietnam uh, later, they were older and got messed up over there. And it was a crazy time, and there was a lot of stuff going on at once. And people chose sides, and sometimes you were on the other side, it was almost like a civil war, you know. It's like it's kind of like what we're going through today. There, America has gone through these periods, and I think Candlestick at that time was hosting the Giants, the 49ers hadn't moved over there until 70 and the giants had these great pennant contending teams with Mays and McCovey and Marichal yeah. and god what a treat it was to to grow up watching that and get to see it on a regular basis it was it was so much fun
5: well i grew up at candlestick park uh and i as a baby uh an infant i was actually at seal stadium oh did you uh, go for i think yeah. one or two of those yeah. uh, my Father and grandfather took me. I was when the say, Giants. You were, you were born about fifty nine. So it was fifty nine. Yeah. I was, yeah. wasn't even a year old, yeah. but they brought me in swaddling clothes, <laughs> and this was the, uh, I believe, the Giants. Blew a three-game series to the Dodgers, yeah. to letting the Dodgers went on to beat the White That's Sox. Right. And in but I can series. remember uh, Juan Marshall pitching against uh, the Cincinnati Reds, went the old uniforms without the you know without the sleeves, the old red uniforms. Oh yeah, Pete Ted, Cl- Ted Klesinski. Yeah, I want I to say Pete Rose was a rookie. in mean, Pinson. 60- yeah. yeah, he
3: was a rookie in '63. Frank know. Frank Robinson. And, <laughs>
8: 800 480
0: 5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400
3: Welcome back to Sports Econ One Hundred and One. Edward Brown here, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question: What, which NBA great from the nineteen seventies and eighties officially changed his first and middle names to World B? Go ahead,
4: Steve. Steve is giving us the blank look. Come on now. Were, were
3: you thinking? Oh, I, I knew, I knew the name
5: that he changed it to, but well, the, his original, his original name? name is that's the one. This Lloyd. Escaped.
4: Lloyd, Lloyd B Free. Lloyd B Free. B. Free. Yeah. And B. Free. he was a delightful guy. World B Free. World B Free. He came to the oh, Warriors. Oh, you were
5: mentioned Meta B Peace. and That's a different <laughs> Meta, guy. That's so Peace. So you, you yeah, that's yeah. what kind of.
4: But no, World B Free was was known as Lloyd <laughs> good before. He was, was a great player with great Philly player. and he came to the Warriors and he was actually pretty good with the Warriors for a couple of years and I yeah. got to deal with him a lot and just the happiest friendliest guy you'd ever want to meet. He was always making jokes and just uh, always had a smile on his face and he was full of life. Yeah. Full of life. Fun, fun okay. Guy. So
3: going back, uh, Steve, you you did, wrote this book on Candlestick Park. Uh, we were just talking about uh, the the big fight between uh, Roseboro and Marischal and how Mays got in there and kind of saved, uh, right? Uh, the, the, well, sa- saved Roseboro a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean,
5: yeah. He well, he he certainly prevented the fight from being worse. He pre- he kept some of his other uh, fiery teammates from engaging in more fighting like Orlando Cepeda Orlando Cepeda maybe Fuentes I'm not sure who else Tito was was standing uh, right there with the bat in his hand he was a rookie it were a few hotheads and there were a lot of hotheads on the Dodgers who wanted some and so when Willie Mays steps in and says let's you know let's have you know this is bigger than than you know a regular brawl Uh, uh he had a lot of imprimatur so he played a big role in that and then of course he comes to the plate In the fourth uh, against yeah. Koufax, who's rattled, really oh, rattled yeah. by yeah. the whole effort, and uh, gets one up on Mays, and Mays deposits it and it ends up being a winning. Uh, hit
4: it's a It was a three-run homer. A winning
5: home run. Opposite yeah. field. Yeah. yeah, and it was one of the few times that they beat Koufax, who yeah. that year I believe was 26-8 and eight with 382 strikeouts.
4: <laughs> I got a good one to tell you about Willie. Willie told me years later, I he remembered every, he remembers everything. But yes. I said, yeah. how many home runs did you hit off Koufax? He goes, I only hit that one. Sandy was really <laughs> tough. I only hit one home run <laughs> off him. He was a tough pitcher. And I go, Willie, you hit more than one homer off Sandy Koufax. I looked it up. He actually hit three off him. But it was, you know, three out yeah, I, was it. I, I, I three,
5: wonder yeah. if any were in his Koufax's either Brooklyn days or early days before he was dominant.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I I and mean, mean, they played each other 18 yeah, I'd, times a year. They have a, they have the a record of, of who Willie hit it off of and what year. Right. I should go back and look at that right. because I bet you – you well Koufax was May, wild. Mays first... never
5: hit one off of Seaver and this is like exactly. Seaver Seaver will if you ask Seaver what is are you most proud of, he'll yeah. he'll say I, I never gave one up to Mays. But or, you have to remember yeah, Seaver
4: but... didn't pitch before nineteen sixty eight. And 67. Willie, he faced yeah, him yeah, he was, Well, he was, he
5: was teammates with yeah, him two years.
4: But Willie was in decline at 66, 67. Yeah, but they still
5: played play. each other 12, yeah. 13 times yeah, a year. Yeah, that's, and, yeah that and, is a big and point. And he still priority. had a number of home runs. He, all, he, was yeah. hitting, you know, he still was hitting 20 to 25, 25 yeah. home runs yeah, per right. season. You're right, he was. He, that's a decline for Mays. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that, exactly. Kirk Gibson's, yeah. Gibson's MVP stats of 88 were Mays' worst season. I think he had 27 homers, did he?
4: Yeah. But, of course, he, he was the engine, Kirk Gibson, not to get off yeah. on a tangent, but he was the engine that, that really pushed that Dodger team. Oh, yeah, for And with sure. that home run in the first game. But, you know, Mays, I mean, Mays really knew how to play a candlestick, didn't he? I mean, with the wind and everything. He well, didn't. he was. That's amazing. Yes, too. he yeah. really yeah. did. He, think,
5: he, he changed his stance to go with uh, the flow and hit home runs to right center field, uh, whereas at the old polo grounds it was a short porch to left, so he would pull it to left field. Uh, he was also made for uh playing the outfield which was spacious yeah. and he dealt with the he he understood the, the wins way. and he would direct his uh he was a real captain on the field, a true yeah. I mean Millie Mays was, was I what I call a baseball savant. Yeah. You know, like Alex yeah. Rodriguez, guys who have instincts, work ethic and they love the game and they uh, they're, they're, they're what to what baseball, what Picasso is. No to, question. You know, would, would yeah. Willie, yeah. Would it is an art.
3: Would yeah. Willie yeah. have been considered to, to have a fast bat? Sure. Oh, my oh yeah. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <But> that, <'cause laughs> he, he wasn't, I guess that's why he hits yeah, on the yeah. edge because he it's, wasn't so strong. Maze,
5: say, but, he was very
4: strong. Well, Mays I
5: mean, was said to be able to hit balls to right field almost out of the catcher's glove. And he oh, and the wow. other and the other thing that that Mays did was Mays was one of the few guys who could do the, the great ones is most hitters will guess, and when they guess right, right. they yep. get their pitch yes. and they have success. But if they have failed to guess, if they're crossed up. Mays didn't have to do that, and yeah. he could. Oh, it's going to be a curveball, and he could change, and he could change it the last second, and, yep. and it's. But instead of hitting a long home run, it'd be a. Uh, yeah, I've seen Buster Posey do this. Yeah, the great ones who, with the hand eye and the really quick wrists and yeah. tremendous forearms. And he could, and you know, he he could get one on the end of his bat and hit a home run opposite field. It didn't have to be, uh, didn't have to pull it.
4: Relating to what you guys were talking about, Edward was saying, was he that strong? Yeah, he, he played yeah. high school football yeah. at Fairfield High in Alabama, and he could have played college football. He was five eleven, about a hundred. Absolutely. Hudson. At his peak, he was about one hundred ninety. But you look at the guy; he was like a little tank, and and oh, he, he yeah. could kill the oh, he ball. He was built. He was he, built like he yeah. just, and it, and it wasn't. Um, through uh, steroids and it wasn't even through weight training. He I just don't had think that. He did much in natural. the way of weight no. training. He's like where, he's like
5: he, Ricky Henderson. He was very. He was uh, no. had an excellent. He had, well, he had a good diet. Well, not so much a good diet, but he didn't. He didn't party. At he all. didn't drink at didn't all. Didn't drink at all. Didn't, didn't smoke. Didn't inv- no. Do imbibe in anything. No. At a time when a lot of athletes did.
3: Yep. Um, had a fair number of giants, but fair not really.
4: Not Willie. No.
3: Not at all. Well. It kind of reminds me, what was it, Roger Horns, or Rogers Hornsby, who says, you know, what, what do you do during the uh, wintertime? And he says, I, I look and wait out the window for spring, yeah, for, for right. baseball. So it's like <laughs> right. baseball, baseball, baseball. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, trenches, some, it's a that's lifestyle. Goose I mean, Goslin yeah. is a picture of
5: him and yeah. the glory of their times, and he's, he's sitting there in, the, in his uniform in a snowstorm. I, I don't know what it is. Probably barnstorming is, somewhere, you but know? And they maybe, but, yeah. but it, the, the, the the caption says, Goose waiting for spring training. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They used to barnstorm
4: in places where there yeah. would be snowstorms. Well, and they, I, didn't, it, I
5: think there was an article in the paper about the uh, a game that was played in Bolinas yeah. that no one knew about. Babe Ruth actually played
4: in a it was game. The, it was, but he it played in a game he played in a pickup game out in Nicasio. He was out there to yeah, do some hunting.
5: And, but you no know, one I, I knew thought, about it. Someone no, came just, across a clipping or a photo well, he, just oh, this no, was only a few weeks ago. He was, was in the
4: babe Ruth was buddies well, he wasn't buddies, he knew Lefty Gomez. And Lefty yeah, Gomez of course, grew up here. Sure, Lefty Gomez invited him to play in Is this that game. how it happened? Yeah, yeah. Lefty Gomez that was makes just sense. a kid. You know, he's like in his – babe. this is like in the early 1930s or late yeah. 20s. So. Okay,
3: so even though we're not going to cut to a break, I do yeah. have a quick uh, trivia question for you guys uh, because you mentioned about spring training. Who, who's the one who actually came up with spring training? Branch Ricky. No, before him. Okay,
5: all right, you're right. Branch Rickey organized it. Um,
3: I – it could be Cap Anson yes. or John McGraw. It was Cap Anson, yeah,
5: yeah and it was yeah. it was in the South. They'd yeah. go to Hot Springs, Arkansas, or, or, or a place like that that was warm, that that had
3: springs or or you know, <laughs>
5: temperate water. So it had nothing
3: to do with sp- the spring of year, you know, like spring being well, February, think- March.
5: Well. You know, it led Here's, into March, which is spring. Yeah. I was gonna say the sad thing yeah. like, about
4: Cap Anson though, just yeah. a great I know, player. Yeah. Your favorite, but, well no, I mean it's it's a it's a fa- <laughs> it's a sad fact. Yeah, he pushed he was a vicious racist, and we didn't have any blacks in the game yeah. at a major league level until 1947. And it was well, mainly because he was yeah. one of the guys who pushed
5: for segregation. One, one of the 19. reasons from the spring, old South. One of the reasons spring training moved partially to Arizona was for that reason, yeah. because black athletes in the South, in Florida, uh, were having a hard time. And the Dodgers built their own facility for that very reason to, yeah. to have a self-contained Dodger Town. For their black players um and then of course a lot of teams moved to arizona which was a lot easier for them but branch Rickey was he didn't or start spring training no. but he was one to really organized it organized minor leagues and organized what you might call a dodger way that in which you taught certain fundamentals from the lowest minor leagues all the way to the top so you, hmm. each manager didn't give you a new way to slide, or a new pitching philosophy, or anything. Okay, I
3: like I gotta ask somebody who knows baseball. Okay, about I this, I got fact, to know. Yeah, you got to, I got to know. I was gonna ask Bobby Evans about this, but I'll ask you since you're here, Steve. So lately, I've been noticing that these uh, runners on first base they take their lead, and when they dive back to first, they're diving back with their right arm. Instead of, I would think you'd want to dive with your left and be, and push your body away so that's a longer sweep for the first baseman. A couple of nights ago, uh, one of the Giants uh, players got tagged out, and I was looking at it and I said, if he would have gone with his left hand, mm. he would have had his body sideways and he would not have been tagged out. You ever heard about that? Or ever thought about that? Those
5: are the
4: little subtle things, I yeah. guess, that I I don't notice because I yeah. never played it like Steve here did uh, at a high level. I,
5: I don't have an answer for you. What did Bobby Evans, he did? He I haven't asked cha- him yet. I'll, I'll have
3: to ask him about yeah,
4: that. Bobby Evans uh, being the, the Giants general manager. I mean, but, uh, no, there are a lot of little subtle things, Steve, about baseball. That's that's what Ed well, was Well, I mean, that
5: reminds me of what, you know, uh, Kevin Costner said, uh, you know, the punch, punch people. Punch drunks with your left hand, not your pitching hand. <laughs> yeah. Pet dogs with your non-pitching hand. Yeah. You would think slide in uh, with uh, what was not your throwing hand. Mm. So you would think that a right hander would want to go in with his left hand, you know, because you're exposing yeah. your hand. True, true yeah. but I don't.
3: It, I don't think that was it, that doesn't. I, I, seem to I, I, be I don't you know, think that's funny. the, the
5: never, case. It's funny. I've never yeah. heard
4: that one, but that makes sense. Uh, there are a lot of little things in baseball that you'd have to really know. study
5: the film. Yeah. You know, yeah. with a guy like Maury Wills or Ricky yeah. Henderson and. Uh, determine uh, what is, you know, because that's, you know, every once in a while there's a change in the way people do things. Yeah, like sports. rounding
3: first base, you know, do you hit mm-hmm. it with your left foot or your right foot? I'm thinking, I, I've watched these people do it with their left foot, and I'm thinking, how does that, <laughs> I don't understand that. I understand about uh, coming to the inside and hitting it with your right uh, and it gives you a bigger push off. It's and, and crazy. It's all these different thoughts. I okay. Might, yeah. so anyway, guys, we're going to go to our okay, second commercial break. You. Time goes fast. Yes, it does. All right. What was the interesting nickname for of former Boston Celtic, Star Cedric Maxwell. Oh, you know this one too. I know. Of I, know, I, I know. Holy smoke. covered
4: his uh, greatest moment in the NBA.
3: Okay. Well, 19, we'll have you. NBA we'll finals, have you answer that when we get back. Yeah. You're listening to Sports Econ <laughs> 101. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> oh, what's you gonna
10: do? You wanna get down? down uh-huh.
6: What
7: do you do if your child can't hear or speak? Where do you go? Wine Garden Children's Center provides innovative and effective therapy and education services to children with hearing and communication challenges to show that these children can have a voice. Support our programs by attending Tea Off for Our Kids, our benefit golf tournament on Monday, April 17th, hosted at the exclusive Peninsula Golf and Country Club in San Mateo, with lunch, golf, and dinner included. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org.
0: Tune in and hang on tight as Fish Talk Radio takes you on a fishing adventure. We'll take you places you have only yet desired and the familiar favorites with live on the water insider tips. Join the party for a blue water, white water and calm water adventure. Check out fish tips and trips online at fishtalkradio.com. Tune in for the all natural attitude adjustment. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern on the Sports Byline USA Network.
3: Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our second trivia question. What was the interesting nickname of former Boston Celtics star Cedric Maxwell? you know Steve?
2: Yeah, Steve uh, Cornbread.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, very good. Does.
4: And I, I said I, I was lucky enough. I was working in New York at the time, covered the NBA Finals when they played the Lakers. And they played the Lakers, I believe, five times in the 80s, and they, the Lakers won three of those, and the Celtics won two. So talk about Larry Bird against Magic Johnson. God, oof, What a great matchup. Great rival. All right, yeah. so
3: Steve Travers, uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have you here is for your congratulatory 40th yeah. uh, anniversary of being on the uh, the baseball team. The Redwood High School of Larkspur, California baseball team. Now, tell, tell us the story
4: of that team, Steve, because... You know, if you don't live here in Marin County and you weren't around in the 1970s, you know nothing about this, but it's a a big deal for your guys. You know, there's 19 or 20 of your guys that are still around playing. Mm. Not playing, but, you know, could be playing if they wanted to, I guess, in (laughs) a senior team or something. A
5: couple still play softball. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was was Redwood High School in the 1970s, and we had a coach named Al Endres, and uh, it was – Right at a time in which Marin County still had a lot of growth, and so there were a lot of families with um, school-age kids. And so youth sports was really big. It's not as big today. It's, it's very expensive to live here, and it's harder to, to raise a family, and there's just not as many families like that. But in those days, there were. And so it was a golden age. And it was uh, we, this guy, Endress, put together an, a dynasty at Redwood, which was of national proportions. And, and in that, I say he, Al Endress, was named the National High School Coach of the Year in 1976. Wow. Our team in 1977 won the national championship. We were ranked number one in the nation by Collegiate Baseball Magazine and the Easton Bat Company. And three years later, the sporting news said that we were Redwood High was the national high school baseball team of the decade in the country, which is quite an yeah. uh, accomplishment. Uh, so people think of Orange County and Texas yeah. and Florida, but it was really happening was up here. And, and yeah. we just... And you know the thing about that team, and I hadn't really thought about this. And my friend Steve Hoffmeyer was a great player. He mentioned this, and he was completely right. It was That was my senior year, and I'd been in the program three years. And There were cliques and guys who didn't like each other and all kinds of little side things that were going on. I don't think it necessarily kept the team from being very good, but it just wasn't as fun. And that 77 team, we were all friends. There were no cliques. There were no rivalries. Uh, Everyone rooted for each other. It didn't matter whether you were a sophomore or a senior. Some of our best players were underclassmen. We had a sophomore pitcher named Mickey Meister who's probably the one of the greatest pitchers in the history of the county we had bud biancalana who was a junior who's uh went on to great fame in the major leagues we had i think 12 players played college ball mm-hmm. we had a, a number of full ride division 1 scholarships five or six professional players uh i think we had five of the players were high school all americans mm-hmm. it was an incredible group and so we just we swept through everything we won some very uh, close games and big games. We played a huge game against a team from Taiwan. And I looked it up, and we actually outdrew the Giants that day. We had <laughs> about 7,000 people. How, at did fit, how did you fit 7,000? It, it, was, it was like that scene in the glory of their times, Bruce, where, where Smokey Joe Wood is pitching, on is warming up, right. and people are surrounding. And they were like, uh, there was no foul territory. People were surrounding the stadium, Right to the foul lines. Wow! It was it was great. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was it was wild. Did, and, and there was no there was every, people were parking and you know Greenbry and walking over. There was no place to park in Larkspur. I assume you beat
3: the team. No, we
5: there. didn't. We actually lost that game. Interesting. It, yeah, wow. it was a two to one extra inning game. Wow. And, and the but national it, team of Taiwan. They wide, were right? they were had they had been these the, the team that had won the Little League World Series. Wow. Frankly, I'll be honest wow. with you. I don't think any of them were eighteen. I think they all fudged on their on there, they were grown men. Well, you First said, of all, you when mean, I think of Taiwan, I think yeah. of little guys. They were yeah. all six six.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and you they, but you say they were they had been the little league champions, so they had played together since their little league days. Yeah, so yeah. six or seven and years. It,
5: it was I've we were all you know your typical California surf boys. We didn't quite realize what they were playing for. They were they were playing for the pride of Chiang Kai Shek. Yeah, you know, wow. they were. This was right around the time that we created the one China policy Ooh. and that was the reason they came and they did a, a national tour and they beat every team that they played fourteen to nothing. Wow. And so the Wiz Clarion call goes out who shall meet the Taiwanese and Al Enders it. We shall oppose them, <laughs> <laughs> and so this was this huge this huge event. And then you know, so we did lose that game. It was one of the few games we lost. But then we won the NCS, and then uh, we beat Hayward um, in the title game. And then and then at sh- some point after that, Collegiate Baseball Magazine, which Ooh. was a very well respected magazine that had a lot of high school coverage, they said that we're the number one team in the nation. Wow. So. We've rid story. that ever since. Well, Al Endress
4: is I know Al. He was my PE coach, and he was, the, he was the baseball coach when I was there in the late 60s, and they were great then. They weren't quite as great as they were when you played. But he also played pro baseball in the Dodgers system. He played one or two years with the 49ers as a young 22, 23-year-old. What was he like? Because to me, as a kid who was 17, 18, this guy's in his 30s by that time, he was kind of a larger-than-life figure what was it like playing for a guy like that and tell us a little stories about him he was i really
5: think he was very similar to douglas MacArthur. you know (laughs) he he was an authoritarian he was a what did he say this is not a democracy it's a dictatorship (laughs) and you know he had that kind of aura around his very good looking guy he was a tall ex-pro football player so he was physically imposing he was italian with very dark he looked like victor mature I thought he was part of <laughs> native American. well too. i believe so i believe he's got a little bit of everything he's i believe so typical american i believe, I believe yeah. in my, <laughs> um i mean italian in that yeah. uh, you know he was a catholic and okay. he was a big yeah. church goer yeah. um you know, and and a, and a booming voice yes. and a way of moving about. You know, you really could easily see him dressed like. Picard. He had an aura about. Oh, he had an aura. Yeah. He had more than aura. And the kids loved him. The kids,
4: I mean, they feared him, but they loved. Him. I loved this guy. You know, he was the first guy. Seriously, he was the Steve's laughing. He was the first guy. Hey, Bruce, he was your PE teacher. But no, no, yeah, don't yeah, let me tell you something. Than a baseball coach. When, when, <laughs> when I was working my first job, and I wasn't paid for this job, I worked at a local station right in this building. Well. This building, uh, you know, used to be there was another building here, but uh, KTIM. We had a radio show. I did a radio show, a sports radio show, and Al Andrus was a regular guest. I'd interview him and talk about the baseball team. And he was the first coach I actually ever sat oh, yeah. down with. And, and I was seventeen well, years
5: old. Yeah, he was oh, certainly, great guy. certainly articulate yeah. Yeah. and um, uh, a good interview uh-huh. and um, all of that stuff. I mean, you know, you have to separate the fact that he was a, you know, he was a high school teacher and a respected uh, educator. And that's that's all different. But once, even even Al Andrus in practice was different. Once the game was on the line and it was all you know to, to win the game, you know, then he his competitive instincts ruled out, and you he held you to a very high standard. Well, that's and why they had
3: to. I put me on the sidelines a lot of times when I was coaching the girls softball. I tried not to keep them in tears. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was always an assistant no, coach. No but, crying in baseball. That's right. That's right but right. I would no tell you, I mean, you get really. I mean, it was amazing. We were oh, yeah. Us coaches were much more competitive than the girls were. Well,
4: it's because yeah. you can't control the situation. So you go, you go crazy. It's like you being know, in a – That's co- what it is. You know what it is? Yeah. It's like when I was stuck in traffic today, I couldn't move, and I just said to myself, am I going to get ticked off or I'm going to – no, it- I'll put some nice music you, on and you, relax, t- take a deep go breath. Go to your yeah. inner yeah. zen. Yeah. But yeah.
5: speaking <laughs> of Al uh, and his earlier years, he told me a very interesting story. He was in the Dodge organization, and at the end of the season, uh, he gets a phone call – and the Dodgers were still partly owned by Branch Rickey. And he said, they, Branch Rickey wants you to come to New York and meet him. Oh. And he was like, wow, what what's that all about? And what it was, was um, he got to New York, met Branch Rickey. Because I'd asked him, did you ever meet Branch Rickey? I, and he says, sure, I know Branch Rickey. I mean, he just knew everybody. <laughs> and uh, Branch Rickey said, we have just purchased or created the Brooklyn Dodgers football team of the All-American Football Conference. That's right. This is around 1950 yeah. or so. They this was the old league. The 49ers were in it yep. with the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Rams. Mm-hmm. A few other teams. <laughs> And uh, would uh, would you like to play for the Brooklyn Dodgers football team branch? Ricky asked Coach Endress, and according to Coach Endress, he he said yes. And then on the the plane ride, or maybe the the uh, the, the uh, rail the, the train ride back, he thought about it more and thought eh, it might interfere with my baseball career. He later. Declined, so he did not play on the football team. But that was a meeting that he had with Branch Rickey. But he later played for the 49ers. He later played for the 49ers um, for a year or two um, in the mid 50s. And then that ended. And then he immediately got a teaching credential at San Francisco Mm -hmm. State, got into coaching at St. Patrick's. And then they opened up Redwood because the population was growing so much. And Bob Trotman uh, moved over from Drake. And he was a highly respected coach. And Bob Trotman went after all these really good coaches. And he got Dick Hart to come in to play, coach basketball. And he got Coach Endres to come in to coach baseball and be his assistant coach on the football team, so, which he did for many years and before he just settled in as a baseball coach.
4: Yeah, so it was some great stories there. And again, it's such a different world today and i know in certain communities it's there's still a tradition but that is not the case in in Marin county anymore in, in terms yeah. of the traditional sports of baseball football basketball we have some good athletes coming out of this well no, but I mean, not but not I, the teams. I, I have to really come with the exception of Marin catholic i have maybe. to yeah, yeah,
5: really right. commend yeah. mike Frenzy, the baseball coach at redwood um who played at redwood a few years after i think he played with chad kruder mm. and he's done a great job on their website and also with signage on their field um Memorializing the 1977 national champions and having events like the one we're having this weekend that you're going to host, um, remembering this team and wanting uh, the current players to be a part of it and know that they're part of this this tradition oh, that neat. goes a long way back. I think it. I think it helps
3: to know that you're part of a. a high... now, how many of the older play the players who you played with on that team are going to be at this event?
5: I believe we could have between ten and thirteen oh, different guys, which is a you know there's only about twenty five players who are on the team in the first place. Somebody,
4: actually, somebody told me the woman who's organizing we're, we hope to have nineteen. I don't know if that's well, going to happen. Well,
5: there are – they're going to be uh, – actually, well, it's open to anybody who played baseball at okay. Redwood. Oh, so, 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 yeah, so it's I, other, think, other I, th- I think, guys I think, from other I think teams there are – I know for a fact there's some guys who were not actually on that team but played okay. for Al yeah. who – but, you know, they want to be – Well, you be, mentioned Chad they, Cruder, they for They want to be part of it. Yeah, Chad yeah, Cruder that, that, went to Redwood. It, Frank Froney's going to be there. He was not on that team. He, yeah. he had graduated one year earlier. Well, there's a bunch of guys
4: that I mean, Chad Kruder played in the majors for what four or five years. Oh, long yeah. he he, yeah. he played a good ten years. Yeah. I
5: want to say Chad played for the Texas Rangers, and the Dodgers, and uh, somebody Was it else. Toronto, maybe? Mm, yeah, he went to some other between. Eighty six or eighty seven or maybe eighty eight and ninety nine, yeah. roughly. Yeah, no, he was maybe player. more than that. Yeah. Maybe more. no, that it had like, to be what, before. Was, no, no, uh-huh. absolutely later because he was, he was a, the a Forrest Gump of baseball. He was the catcher when Barry hit his that's 73rd right seventy third homer. That's right, and he's always in the picture. He's like Forrest (laughs) Gump. He was always in the picture when Ryan would throw his seventh no-hitter or Ricky Henderson would steal... Uh, his right. all-time most stolen bases or oh, bonds. Chad was in all that? He Chad was, was always the yeah. catcher. He yeah. was always the guy in the background. <laughs>
4: yeah. 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 yeah, talk about a bang <laughs> the right place at the right time. Okay, guys,
3: last trivia question, commercial break here. The Chicago Bills, prior to the Warriors record, had a record 72 wins in the 95-96 season. They broke the old record held by the 71-72 Los Angeles Lakers, who won 69 games. Which team's record did the Lakers break? for most wins in the season. I know it. Yeah. Wow, I'll let I'll let too? I'll let Bruce take okay. this one. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ one will be right back with some closing comments.
1: Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063.
3: 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan and our special guest, Steve Travers. And I'll tell you, I couldn't skunk these guys. I had some questions here. Uh, that they seem to know all the answers, and that is the Chicago Bulls had a record seventy two wins. As is again prior to the Warriors' record from last year uh, in the ninety five ninety six season. They broke the record held by the seventy one seventy two Lakers uh, who won sixty nine games. Question is, which team did team's record did the Lakers break for the most wins? Now
4: I'm gonna let Steve answer because we both know that answer. Yeah. So we're both right.
5: (laughs) Hal Greer, Wilt Chamberlain, and the uh, 1967 76ers who won 68 and defeated Bill Sharman and Rick Barry and Nate Thurmond – in the finals, the San Francisco Warriors in the finals of the NBA. See, maybe
3: that's why you knew that was because of the, the only San Francisco
5: team Warriors. in between 1957 and '69, other than the Boston Celtics, to win an yeah. NBA title.
4: And Steve would remember that because he was 10 years old at the time. I remember it because I was 15. It was the first year I actually went to see a, uh, an NBA game, and I went to the conference finals right before that with my dad. It was the first NBA game I ever once saw. Second highest scoring game in NBA history: 143 to 137. In the second game of the Western yeah. Finals How against many overs- the St. Louis Hawks, no defense no, in those, no overtime, yeah. no overtime. Well, that's, that's no, like Rick a, that, Barry was went off and had forty seven points. That's, that's like was, an All Star game. Yeah,
10: you
3: know. Yeah. In fact, I stopped watching the All Star game. Lenny
4: Wilkins was on that call, uh, St. Louis Hawks team, and Jumpin' Joe Caldwell and Zelmo Beatty and the well, Warriors had. I once, yeah.
5: I was going to write a book with Rick Barry, and I spent oh, no, good luck hours, with that. I love Rick, but he, trying to get him pinned with, down. Oh, forget it. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> a long story. All right, well, you'll have
3: to tell us after the after the after we go here. Okay, so here's thoughts for the day. Former former NBA sports executive Dick Vertlieb? Vertlieb. I knew Dick Vertlieb, general
4: manager of the Golden State Warriors when they won the championship in 74-75. Well, he said
3: basketball is the second most exciting indoor sport and the other one shouldn't have spectators. That's right. uh, Sounds like Dick Vertlieb. And Tim Duncan said, good, better, best. Never let it rest. Until your good is better and your better is best. I like, I like that. All right. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night America. So on.